Welcome to the Firestarters Network podcast. This is Chrissy Remsberg, and I am here with Alex Harris, my co-leader Hello. <laughs> at the Firestarters Network, and you're my co-host, I am, you? I am. Uh, so... Uh, the first few weeks of this podcast, we've been talking with some friends of ours, John and Kirsty Pope, and we've been thinking about evangelism from a whole church perspective. Uh, how do we, as a whole church, engage with evangelism and mission and uh, helping to see our churches grow? Over the last six weeks of this season, what we want to do is kind of shift our focus on evangelism. Um, we've been looking at this sort of uh, from the perspective of evangelism for people who don't do evangelism. And we want to particularly narrow in now uh, looking at evangelism as individuals or smaller groups of people. So, Chrissy, why don't you just take a moment? What do you mean by that? Evangelism for those who don't do evangelism. What are you thinking in your head when you say that? Yeah, so maybe I'm thinking of myself, to be honest. But I, to be clear, if you ask just about any person in a Baptist church or probably any church in the UK or in the US, uh, member, minister, all of leaders, you know, all of us alike, I don't think anyone would disagree with the idea that we should be sharing our faith, doing mission, evangelism, whatever word you use, that we'd all say it was important. Uh, many would even be able to point to places in the Bible where Jesus tells us to do this. Uh, however, in my experience as a pastor and also in leading in Firestarters with you, Alex, I have just found uh, over and over again that many people struggle with this idea of quote unquote, doing evangelism. It, I guess it feels uncomfortable for people. Maybe they think it's intrusive or perhaps a little bit scary. And so what I think is lots of Christians and maybe even people like myself at times sort of live in this in between. You're either really uncomfortable and doing it kind of badly or unsuccessfully, if that if that's the right word, or, or perhaps not doing it at all, but feeling a little bit guilty when it comes up in a sermon at church. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the, the very word evangelism sends chills down your spine, doesn't it? It sounds like some infectious disease you've got. You're going to have to have masks and vaccinations and all that kind of stuff. And it does appear in the Bible, that word, but not actually that often. Mm. Um, it has to be said. I, I think in my mind, I'm thinking about um, joyfully and with with such delight, telling people about Jesus who don't yet know him with, with the hope and desire that they're going to come to know him as their best friend, their wonderful mm. king, mm. know his blessing, know his goodness, know his beauty. Uh, it's something like that and it's something in that kind of tone and we're doing it in our words and we're doing it on actions and we're doing it just by being the people that we are and we're not doing it perfectly because there is only one perfect perfect person in the world um and that is is jesus uh, and i like you said there's a bunch of reasons i think why there's, there's so many barriers or, or why we have such hesitations we have low expectation that people are going to respond we're anxious anxious about breaking relationships um uh, you know, um, we, we perhaps don't know exactly what to say. We're not crystal clear on who Jesus is ourselves. We're, we're wobbling around in our faith, all sorts of things. But fundamentally, Chrissy, I think one of the difficulties or one of the reasons why there are difficulties for doing it is is also because actually um, there's a spiritual dynamic uh, that that's there that 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 um, actually it, it makes it hard spiritually to do evangelism to convince people to trust in Jesus. There's spiritual entities trying to block that and prevent us from doing it. Yes, I agree. Um, we're we're we've titled this. Uh, episode, episode four, uh, we've titled it with a question, what's happening when we do evangelism? And so I'm wondering, Alex, if you might unpack that statement or that question for us, uh, that 
I guess the implication being that if we had a better understanding of what was happening when we do evangelism, we might um, be more uh, equipped and enabled to step into something uh, that requires a bit of courage. Yeah, no, I think where my thoughts have gone from this is there's this wonderful phrase in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, where it says, For the God who said, let light shine out of darkness would shine into their hearts and give them the light of the glory of God that is in the face of Jesus. And it is in the context of of people hearing about Jesus and responding to him. And I, I just think that's remarkable. Just think about it for a moment. It says, let the God who said, let light shine out of darkness. So so where does God first say that? that that's in Genesis chapter 1, right at the beginning, the third sentence, when God said, let light shine. So the same God who in Genesis created the whole universe, everything that has ever existed, he spoke, he said, let light shine and it, and it came to be. It then says, let that God shine into our hearts to reveal to us, to reveal to people the same glory of God that is in the face of Jesus. So one of the things, one of the amazing things, the most profound things that's going on when, we, when we're talking about Jesus to people who don't yet know him is universes being created in human being hearts that that the god who said let light shine out of darkness and created the whole universe as people hear about jesus from our lips and respond to him that same creative power is occurring in that person's heart you're you are literally stimulating the creation of a universe as as we do that and that's why the the very sentence before that in in 2 corinthians chapter 4 sentence 5 says for we proclaim not ourselves but jesus christ as lord and ourselves as servants for jesus's sake so as we go around proclaiming and that word doesn't mean preaching or publicly it just means joyfully expelling jesus from us through our, our mouths loving to speak about him as as we do that God goes around the business of creating, recreating universe-sized new hearts in the people who are responding to that message. And I find that just remarkable that that is fundamentally what evangelism is, seeing, releasing that creative work of God to occur in someone else's heart, that a universe is made. I find it liberating in a whole number of ways. Uh, well, I'd be very interested to hear, I guess, in what ways you find that liberating as someone who I understand the theology of that. I understand. Well, I don't know if I understand the theology of that. It's quite big theology, but I understand what you're saying intellectually and I would agree with it and believe it. But I don't feel less afraid about speaking to someone I don't know or speaking to a friend that I know very well. I, it doesn't make me feel less awkward or uncomfortable about the idea of sharing faith with someone who I'm not sure they're interested or yeah all, all the things that hold us back so I guess uh what are the things about that understanding that you find so liberating yeah, that, so, that encourage you and push yeah. you forward well I mean that's very personal isn't it so it is about what liberates or encourages me around that and I, I think there's a couple of things I think first of all is it, it liberates me and frees me from being anxious that I need to convert this person, that somehow I need to generate enough power or enough influence or enough impact on this person's life that they might become a Christian. That That is not my responsibility. You know, I don't know about you, Chrissy, but I didn't wake up this morning and create a couple of universes. I, I don't have a track record of universe creation. And if that's what it takes for someone to become a Christian, which is the assumption of this verse... 
only God can do that. So I'm liberated from the responsibility of that person's conversion. And, and I'm liberated to just holding the responsibility of introducing that person to Jesus through word and action. And I, I know in, in verse five, it says, you know, for we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as servants. So there's both a speaking element and a serving element. There's words and actions. Uh, and I have a responsibility about my words and actions, but I don't have a responsibility about what that person does with those words and actions that's between them and god only god can do the work of saving that person so i find it really liberating because it it empowers me because i don't need to have the power um and secondly i find it liberating because i think actually god does have the power to do this he's proven it by creating the universe and this is a proud thought isn't it the only reason god created the universe was so that we could know we had the power to save an individual and that means the very next person I meet, whoever they might be, God might choose to do them in that person. So I'm not scanning the people in front of me trying to find the person who God might do it in, who, who, which person is close enough to God, which person is weak enough to be persuaded, which person is close enough to the line. None of that matters because it's a universe needs to be created. So whoever I speak to, it could happen in that person. So I'm liberated in that sense. I'm empowered in that sense to speak about Jesus to absolutely anyone because God might do it within absolutely anyone. Uh, no, I find that really interesting. Actually, as you were talking about that, it reminded me of one of the ways we talk about discipleship at Beacon, where I'm the pastor. Um, you know, we, we often go to, um, when we talk about mission and evangelism, we often go to Matthew chapter 28, don't we? Verses 19 and 20, where Jesus gives what we call the Great Commission. And he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And we often, um, yeah, this is the space where we go, isn't it? Most frequently, I think, um, when we're thinking about, you know, go therefore, what's the command? What is it that Jesus asks us to do? He asks us to make disciples. And around Beacon, we've, we've tried to remind ourselves again and again, what does it mean that Jesus asks us to make a disciple? That, as you said, there's something liberating and recognizing that this is not about go make converts but he says make disciples and that if we understand that actually in the culture that Jesus lived in a disciple was a student somebody who was learning about Jesus and so we talk a lot at Beacon that what we're doing is we're not looking for people that we can convince or we can convert we're looking for people who are willing to learn and if someone is willing to have a conversation about Jesus they're they're interested in learning anything about about who Jesus is then we are in fact doing evangelism because all we have to do is just help people understand whatever it is that we understand to whatever level we understand it. We don't need to, to have a theological degree, do we? Not at all. Um, so yeah, I think in a similar way, we, we think about discipleship um, and, and that if we have a proper understanding of discipleship, that we're not making converts, we're making disciples. And somehow that relieves the pressure actually of, are you succeeding or failing? Because succeeding is, am I just sharing my faith with people who are willing to listen essentially? Yeah. And, and one of the things I note about Matthew 28 there and about 2 Corinthians 4 here is there they're all in the plural in Matthew 28 there's a group of disciples and he speaks to them about go and make more disciples and here in 2 Corinthians 4 it talks about servants plural for Jesus's sake that 
Um, we rightly understand that as saying every everyone has a responsibility to this, but we perhaps forget that also shows us that we are our responsibility works itself through our individual characteristics, our individual personalities, our individual lives. That that we're not called to be clones of one another or to be, you know, there's Billy Graham, we've all got to be like Billy Graham or or that person in our church who's always telling people about Jesus or it, we look at the street preacher, either deeply attracted, I wish I was that bold or slightly turned off, that's a bit embarrassing. And whatever it might be, and think I've, to do evangelism, I've got to be like someone else. Actually, the fact this is all in the plural makes me go, no, you just you need to be who you are, the way God has made you. And then you look through the Bible and, you you know, you see all these different people doing it in different ways. You, I, I think of Paul in Athens. He's like a deep intellectual. He, he starts with philosophy. He's kind of like intellectually grappling with the questions of the world at the time and bringing from those questions, getting to Jesus. Or I look at I look at Peter in Acts 2, just stands up in front of a crowd that is fairly agitated and antagonistic and just kind of speaks it out boldly. It's really like confrontational way where I think of Lydia who gathers people first gathers them in a recognized place of prayer then gathers them in her, her home she's like a convener a facilitator a gatherer and on the list goes we'll we might well look at this in later podcasts of this huge variety of ways that we speak and serve that by word and deed we bring Jesus into other people's lives in a in a hopefully a way to persuade them to trust in Jesus that God can do that universe level work so certainly for me Chrissy I'd want to be encouraging folk to 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 be themselves but be intentional in being uh, doing evangelism as themselves uh, I think it's interesting as well. The I don't have lots to say about this, but just that um, you pointed out that all these things are said in the plural, and it just reminds me that perhaps it's not as individualistic as we often think about our faith, but that, you know, when Jesus sent the disciples, he sent them in pairs, he sent them in groups, they didn't go by themselves. And it's, 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 I don't know, it's less scary, maybe mm. less intimidating. And you can uh, you can when you're when you're partnered with a team or with another person, you're covering each other's weaknesses. So not everyone is the person who's, you know, mm. I, I'm not the person who has lots of small talk and lots of things to say. But I can be with someone who is. But I bring a depth of biblical knowledge to a conversation, or I bring you know a relational capacity. Or uh, so it's an interesting thing when you think about doing mission or sharing faith uh, as a as a as a communal idea it isn't just me individually on my own but as as family groups or as community groups we work together yeah. to do yeah. this maybe not 50 of us all together yeah. but maybe twos and fives and tens you know I, I think that's I think that's absolutely right I, I I'm struggling as I sit here to think of an individual doing it maybe, maybe you got Philip with the Ethiopian perhaps I, I, some someone someone can send me an email and and list all the ways but just <laughs> as I'm sitting here almost all the examples in the Bible I can think of 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 this thing called evangelism this persuasive speaking and living of Jesus and this wonderful creative work of God in people's hearts is is done in community Jesus sends out the 12 he sends out the 72 he sends them out in pairs um, Paul in what we call the missionary journeys always had a team around him the end of the New Testament letters always lists you know 25% of lots of the letters in the New Testament are lists of names of the people who did it together and and how it all worked um, lots of households are talked about you know clearly in the plural so 
yeah, I think that, and that's usually liberating because we've come to believe really unhelpfully that we have to bring the whole package to evangelism. We have to do everything. Well, no, we don't. Maybe you do the inviting, someone else does the proclaiming, someone else does the praying, uh, and someone else does, you know, the discipling. And, you know, it takes a village to reach people for Jesus. Uh, yeah, I I think this has been a very interesting little reflection and conversation trying to answer this question, what happens when we do evangelism? Uh, and I think we realized when we were setting out and preparing to record uh, episodes for this season, you know, that it's slightly a risky topic almost to say we're going to do a whole season of podcasts on evangelism because we know lots of people, yeah, they just find it, uh, you know, as you said, they want to run for cover a little bit. Um, but I think what we're hoping is for both of us, and I would say we're quite, for those who don't know Alex and I personally, mm. Alex is definitely a gifted evangelist, and I would say I'm definitely not, but we're both equally convinced, um, not only of our personal um responsibility because of who we are as followers of Jesus to share our faith, but also as church leaders and, and just by our own conviction and passion that we do believe that there is nothing better a person could do than to trust and know Jesus. And so because we're personally convinced of that, um, yeah, then we both feel committed to doing it. And I've often said to you, Alex, haven't I? Like, tell me your stories. Mm. Help me understand mm. how. And uh, so we just wanted to take the opportunity this season, I think, to unpack some of this, to demystify it, to take some of the, the mystery out of it, that actually we do believe that absolutely anyone can do the work of an evangelist, as Timothy talks mm. about, mm. Um, whether they're particularly spiritually gifted and some people are um, but even if you're not particularly spiritually gifted we are all called in some way to participate in the mission that god has it's not our mission mm. it's god's mission in the world and we're all invited to participate so we've tried to kind of give a little short introductory conversation around this to kind of open up this idea maybe liberate the idea of what we mean when we say we're doing an evangelism and then over the next few weeks we're going to think a little bit about um, things like evangelistic prayer, um, thinking about how your church can better engage your community. We'll be having a conversation around asking good questions and how actually becoming a good question asker can make you a better uh, evangelist. Uh, as Alex hinted out, talking about Paul and Peter, we'll do an entire episode thinking about finding your style. What is the way that you do evangelism? It's not one size fits all, but it, it's unique to how God has created you. And then we'll also... Um, have a week where we talk about doing the work of an evangelist and literally what does it mean if you're not gifted as an evangelist but you do feel that call and that responsibility because of your own passion or just maybe the position if you're a pastor of a church or on a leadership in a church that might be particularly a responsibility and, and what does that look like to be a Timothy um, so I've, Alex yeah, is I'm, smiling no, at me I'm really looking, I'm just... Chrissy hey I'm really looking forward to it I mean I, I know we sat down and well you've really planned it but we sat down and talked about it and you've put it into shape and all the rest of it and I just think this is going to be a fabulous conversation really stimulating uh yeah I'm looking forward to it that's why I was smiling 
Uh, which really segues us to our end, doesn't it, Chrissy? It's been great to have this conversation between Chrissy and I. As Chrissy says, we're shifting into the next few episodes, uh, looking at some of these practical things to encourage and challenge us helpfully around evangelism. We, found, we hope you found it all useful. And if you'd like to find more about the, out about the Firestarters network, then please get onto our website, which is firestartersuk.com. There you'll find info about un- upcoming conversations. You can get a copy of our book on this rock. Uh, you could, and if you've enjoyed this conversation what is really helpful to us if you've got a minute or two is to leave us a rating and a review as that helps other people find this podcast who might find it helpful thanks for joining us today i'm alex i'm chrissy and we'll see you next time bye, bye.